This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. You're listening to Knowledge at Wharton here on Sirius XM 111 Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Thanks very much for spending part of your day with us. Despite all that is going on right now with trade, immigration, foreign policy, and more, one of the topics still very much in the view of many is public infrastructure. How can it be improved? Must it be public-private partnerships? And how you do the financing of improvements in infrastructure? Robert Inman is professor of finance and economics here at the Wharton School, and uh, he was part of a recent seminar on the topic here uh, on campus, and he joins us to discuss it further. Bob, nice meeting you. Thank you for coming in today. Uh, You're welcome, Dan. I guess let's start with the idea behind doing this type of a seminar and how important you think this was to further the conversation about infrastructure in this country. Well, the seminar was uh, with government folks, and uh, obviously the government is going to be a big part of the story here. And the, and the issue for the seminar was uh, what role for the federal government uh, in the financing and management of public infrastructure. Um, the the motivation, I think, is obvious. Uh, driving in the wintertime and potholes are uh, a part of everybody's life. Uh, but I think more dramatically, um, the, the collapse of uh, the bridge in uh, Minneapolis, between Minneapolis and St. Paul, in which uh, many people died, uh, certainly uh, derailed uh, travel between these two major cities, uh, is a good example of what the what the problems are. And the issue, I think, uh, while quite general, um, has some very specific and concrete uh, consequences. And I think that's what's put it on the top of the agenda. And the issue now is how do we finance it? How do we manage it? Uh, going forward, because you're you're trying to build things, bridges, roads, whatever, so that they can have a staying power of in the world of bridges. What fifty years, seventy five years without having them to be replaced? Correct. Exactly. I think uh, you know one of the strong motivators uh, for infrastructure is. Uh, uh, it's economic consequences. That is, sure. uh, if you don't have bridges, you don't have roads, people can't move, goods and services can't move, and uh, uh, as a consequence, the economy is going to suffer dramatically. So I think at a, in a very practical way, just uh, national GDP uh, and the impact of public infrastructure on economic growth uh, is important. But I think also for daily life consumption side, uh, and certainly uh, with regard to safety, and I think uh, uh, maybe we don't think about it much, but sewers, clean water, and health uh, are other examples of the importance of infrastructure. So this is an issue that uh, is easy ne- easy to neglect, yeah. uh, but exceedingly important to solve. I would think in the course uh, of these discussions, when you think, let's stay on bridges for a second, uh, there has to be a laundry list uh, of even specific bridges that laying out the facts as you just did are some of the most important bridges in this country. I think the George Washington Bridge in New York City being maybe one of the most important, if not the most important bridge in this country with all the traffic and all the commerce that crosses it each and every day. Yeah, I think the the, the important thing to think about, and the example I use when talking with my students, is uh, um, one has to think about infrastructure as it relates to economic activity. And your example of the George Washington Bridge is, I think, uh, a perfect example. Uh, if that bridge did not exist, you can just imagine the increase in the cost of moving goods and services and people 
uh, and the implications then for regional GDP uh, and, of course, the importance of New York national GDP. Uh, the example I give my students um, and, and why it's important to be very specific when talking infrastructure is uh, Dodge, Dodge City, Kansas. Okay. Uh, back in 1870, Dodge City was an important hub for the movement of uh, beef. Um, the cattle came up from Texas and Colorado, uh, uh, Oklahoma, uh, got on the train in Dodge City and moved to Chicago uh, for, for beef processing. Dodge City's infrastructure was absolutely essential for the economic success of, of the West. Uh, but then the railroads built them, built uh, all the way down to Texas, and Dodge City disappeared. So you want to think of infrastructure as it is important in the immediate economic setting uh, and not just assume because we always had uh, great infrastructure in Dodge City. We need great infrastructure in Dodge City today. One of the things you bring up uh, in the in the seminar that you did, not only the federal side of this, but also the state and local and the role that they have to play, maybe on a lower financial scale in some cases, but it's still a very vital one in, in terms of, I would imagine, being able to dissect the most important areas, but also, as you, as you say, the layout and the need of the economic side from the state and local as well. Yeah, the, I think uh, in, in many ways, one of the real beauties of our financing and service provision structure uh, in the United States uh, is the federal structure. That is, the national government has a role to play. The states and the cities have roles to play. Um, what do states and cities bring to this agenda is uh, expertise. Right. Um, they know where the needs are. Uh, their representatives are uh, there looking at the economy daily. They know the needs uh, in a way that a federal bureaucrat would not know the needs. Yeah. Um, so the question then I think becomes, and the way I look at it is uh, the financing, uh, the important role for the federal government in this exercise is financing. Uh, but the delivery, the construction, and the management, uh, I think, is b best done at the state uh, and, and the city levels. So how do we deal with the financing side of it uh, and, and also deal with it at a point where we are not significantly increasing debt because of the needs that we have roads, bridges, et cetera. Exactly. I, I, um, the role of the federal government is, uh, I would argue, is to provide the dollars necessary for services that impact regions, wide regions, states' uh, interactions, uh, and the nation as a whole. Right. Uh, so the federal role is really looking at the interaction between the states and, and the cities. Uh, the financing side of this um, uh Debt is important, but the beauty of infrastructure is that it provides services over the long run at the same time that we're repaying the debt. So there is a matching of the benefits that the infrastructure provides with the taxes needed to repay the debt. Mm -hmm. So it's not that uh, we should not use debt for the fi financing of infrastructure. It's like mortgaging for your home. Your yeah. home's going to provide services for 20 years. You borrow for 20 years. Uh, and similarly for infrastructure. So we definitely want to use debt for the financing of public infrastructure infrastructure, um, but we want to use it in a way that's uh, efficient for the allocation of national resources. Right, because a lot of people would be, I think, concerned if we see tolls on roads going up significantly, uh, the cost that the consumer in general, I mean, I, I think the consumer has to you know, deal with some of that, but 
you know, it, we, here in Pennsylvania, the cost uh, of trying to travel the Pennsylvania Turnpike has gone up markedly in the last decade or two, you know, here in Pennsylvania. Yeah. I, economists will look at the, the question of tolls really um, and more generally uh, – uh, the daily charge you pay for the for the use of a parking garage or something yeah. to that effect. Uh, what you want to do is use prices, the daily charge, the tolls, uh, to cover the daily costs, the marginal costs, uh, driving on the road, repairing the road, yeah. making sure that it, it's fixed. The construction of the asset, uh, the actual building of the road, the bridge, the sewer system, uh, is best financed through debt and then p- repaid primarily through taxes yeah. uh, over time. So there's a role both for taxes connected to debt uh, and uh, user fees or tolls connected to the variable costs or the marginal costs of providing the, the infrastructure uh, on a daily basis. What about the idea of the public-private partnership? And I mentioned to you before, we have seen examples yes. of public-private partnerships, but but in general, as an idea, is that something... We've seen small instances of it, but is it something that maybe we're going towards more? Yeah, I, and I, I think there's an important uh, role for public-private partnerships in this exercise. Um, uh, what does the private sector bring to the table? Uh, uh, it's primarily management expertise. Okay. Uh, and, and what you want to do is ask, when can I take advantage of that management expertise? Uh, and so it would be, suppose I build a road, but I have to maintain it. Yeah. Um, uh, private firms are going to typically be much better at maintaining these kind of infrastructures than might be public firms. Um, private firms can also have expertise in managing offices and labor costs and these kinds of things. So you want to bring private sector management to the story. Okay. Uh, my concern is private sector ownership. Right. Uh, this is uh, uh, the selling of a highway. Uh, anytime you sell an asset uh, to a private firm, the private firm has to get its rate of return. Right. Uh, what is it? Where is the rate of return going to come from? It's not going to come from maintaining the road. That's got to cover annual costs. It's going to come from a price above that annual cost, namely what economists call the difference between average costs and uh, the variable costs. Uh, what is that? That's the profit margin. Right. Uh, and so selling, this is where the firms have to get their rate of return. Uh, and so to sell a road means the firm is going to have, as you implied, charge a price that's significantly higher than the marginal cost of maintaining that road. That's where they get their rate of return. You and I driving on that road might say, well, my goodness, tolls have gone up by 30, 40, 50 percent. Well, from sure. the firm's point of view, that's necessary. They've got to get a return for their for their investors. Yeah. But is that the best way from a citizen's point of view for covering those fixed costs? I would argue taxes in many cases would be preferred to a toll increase. Going back to something you, we were talking about with the, with the management side then, do you expect then – the idea of how some of these roads are being managed or these entities are being managed is going to have to significantly change in, in the future. Thinking turnpike commissions again here in Pennsylvania, we have the Pennsylvania Turn- Turnpike Commission, which oversees this, you know, end to end roadway right. and the other some of the other interstates that are that are here in the state. Yeah, I, I uh, this is a difficult question in the sense that. Uh, um, would I turn over the management of the road system to a private entity? Probably not. Right, I right. mean, the road system is there to serve the public. So let's have it managed by uh, public officials. If we don't like their performance, throw them out of office. Right. I think that's the role of, of politics. But managing the maintenance of the of the facility. So have the have the government. Uh, 
officials who we respect and trust and and have uh, uh, given over the responsibility of managing these things, have them manage the private firm, have the private firm get an acceptable rate of return, and then have the public sector choose the firms that look the most efficient in the actual maintenance uh, and management of the service. Because if you can see examples of success, whether they be in Rhode Island or Colorado or wherever, to be able to replicate them to a degree, obviously with some local variables factored in, then you have an overall nationwide a more uh, better situation. And, and in particular, I think this, again, back to the advantages of having uh, this decentralized financing and management system, is what you've implied is um, uh, the folks in Colorado can observe a firm that's doing a terrific job in North Dakota. And when that firm uh, – and encourage that firm to take over the responsibility for the management of the asset uh, uh, in, in Colorado. So this kind of competition, I think, is something that is hmm. uh, potentially very, very valuable in the management of infrastructure. Robert Inman uh, joining us here in studio. He's a professor of finance and economics uh, here uh, at the University of Pennsylvania, the Wharton School. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. We're talking about infrastructure and our nation nation's roads 844-942-7866 or if you'd like send us a comment via twitter either at biz radio 111 or my twitter account which is at dan loney 21 one of the things you mentioned in the presentation you did and it's one of the first things you say is there a crisis well is there a crisis? Uh, yes. <laughs> the question is, where is the crisis? Right. Um, I think the 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 um, uh, the civil engineers have done a very useful thing, and and they do this on a, about an every other year basis of going out and looking at our assets, our infrastructure, from an engineering point of view, and asking the question, the important question: Is this thing going to fall down? Yeah. Um, and. Uh, They've come up with a pretty depressing track record. Uh, yes. yeah, the idea, of, I, you know, I don't know the full details of their grading system, but A, B, C, D, F. Uh, F probably is it's already fallen down. D yeah. is uh, I wouldn't drive over it if you paid me. Yeah. Uh, C is eh, who knows how it's going to do. Well, there are no A's and B's out there. Uh, so uh, as a general rule. Even even with even with the, 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 the obvious the recent construction we have seen, over the last decade to repair a lot of the the bridges and roads. Yeah, it's um, uh, may, maybe too too dramatic to call okay. it a, a band aid. But okay. um, what the the troubling thing about infrastructure is it's unlike a a, a, a corporate machine or a factory machine which squeaks uh, and you go ooh this machine is squeaking I need to put some oil on it. Yeah. Uh, bridges and roads and sewer systems don't squeak they just uh, exist. Uh, and wear away, uh, and then in time collapse. Uh, and what the engineers are looking at is um, uh, the, the fundamental structural soundness of these things. We can put Band-Aids on that. Um, you and I driving into Philadelphia remember the repair of uh, um, of a set of bridges over by the airport. And, oh, yeah. And, yep. and yep. They, they were doing what they had to do, which yep. is to scrape and, and, and patch and and. Uh, and, and put put on the appropriate uh, protective paint. Um, but the underlying fundamental structure, um, has anybody looked at that? And, yeah. and that's that's what where the issues are. Um, I don't know the details of the Minnesota-Minneapolis bridge, but uh, uh, literally it just fell into the water. But seemingly we also had a, an incident recently here in our region, in, in the 
Philadelphia, Pennsylvania region, I think it was about two years ago, where the bridge, the Turnpike Bridge from Pennsylvania yes. over to New Jersey yes. had a structural deficiency and they had to shut it down for, for six months. It didn't fall into the into the water or anything, but still it was a significant enough incident to, to shut it down. Yeah, no, no, exactly. And I, and I think, uh, uh, again, not being a, a, a structural engineer, but um, to look at it uh, is to, to not understand the full stress that might be going on with yeah. the building. And uh, all it takes is a semi hitting a big bump and suddenly the stress is revealed. Um, that's the problem with infrastructure is that we don't know how bad some of these situations might be yeah. until the bad event actually occurs. So the trick on this exercise, I think, is uh, continue monitoring, uh, maintenance, uh, and uh, uh, and paying close attention to well, the financing. Then there also has to be the recognition, and, and you talk a, a little bit about it in, in your uh, in your uh, your pr- uh, proposal. Is the fact that this has to be a policy oh, conversation? Absolutely. I mean, obviously at the federal level, but it's almost where it has to be in conjunction with the state and the local as well. Yeah, I remember uh, we began our conversation by saying the road. The role for the federal government is money. It's financing. It's not managing these yeah. things. This is the state and, and the localities. Um, here's the dilemma, uh, Dan, is I'm a mayor. Uh, I'm, I've got a four-year term. Uh, I've sure. got a lot of pressure to deliver on quality education and police yeah. and safety. Yeah. Uh, and uh, here's an easy thing to give up, uh, going down and looking at the sewers, going down and checking out my bridges and my roads. Last thing I'd love to, the last thing I want to know is, oh my goodness, I've got to pony up a hundred million bucks to repair that when I've got kids who are 30 kids in a classroom. Uh, that's the dilemma that local politicians face is the pressures are to deliver services today. Uh, and what are you doing? You're borrowing from uh, the infrastructure, uh, loosely speaking, yeah. uh, and it's maintenance for the future. And the spending in general on, on infrastructure has, I guess, kind of headed yes. down, uh, you know, over the last 40 or 50 years as well. Kind of similar, you have a, a, a chart in it, elementary education spending has gone down, public welfare spending has gone up. That's right. And, the, you know, the the uh, and these are all choices uh, to make. And I think the question uh, is what's squeezing it out? Well, you can uh, get in a, in, a, in a global sense, say, uh, we're getting older. Yeah. We're an older society. Uh, there's going to be Medicare uh, demands. There's going to be Social Security demands. Uh, there's going to be demands of the, of the elderly on state and local governments. This is going to create an obvious tension, not only for the financing of education, but and meet the educational needs. And then you've left uh, no money uh, for the infrastructure. Problems. But how how specifically has the inflation of cost on all of these projects kind of hurt the process as well? You're talking about needing more, I would think, percentage-wise, needing more and more money to build a bridge, especially on the percentage size, now than maybe you did percentage-wise back in the 1950s. Yeah, I, the, the, um, uh, we have looked at uh, the rising construction costs. Uh, they're pretty consistent with okay. the CPI um, you know, and in some ways uh, do a little better than the CPI because we've become much more sophisticated in the use of capital and substitute away from labor. Right. Uh, so uh, the cost issue is less and less a problem. I think the issue is, is more fundamentally – uh, the nature of the product itself and the political incentives to maintain it. What do you think is a best case scenario at this point? Is there a, a a formula to try and you know to start to really address 
some of these issues in, in a best case scenario? Well, I, I I would hope that the federal government would uh, uh, step in on the financing of the important interstate. Activities and for that, uh, you and I are uh, close to home here. Uh, the movement of uh, of people and goods and services up and down the East Coast. Sure, um, yeah. you know the big controversy over the another the train tunnel. Uh, oh in, yeah, in, in New York City. In yeah. New York City. Yeah. Uh, uh, the ben- who's the beneficiary of that? Well, it certainly is moving New Jerseyites into New York City, but it's also moving Washington D.C. and Boston uh, business executives up Correct. and down the yeah. East Coast. So the benefits of that are clearly regional uh, and arguably national, given the importance of the East Coast economy. Um, there is the role for the federal government in thinking about uh, their contribution. It would be a shared role. Uh, you'd want New Jersey money. You want New York money. You'd want Pennsylvania money uh, yeah. in, in that activity. But it would be a shared role. So the federal government's role is going to be primarily uh, a, a financing role. And going off of what you said a, a little while ago, when you're talking about having that shared role, it's hard for the people of Massachusetts to say, "Well, yeah, we're going to chip in five billion dollars yeah. to the New York Tunnel." It's yeah. just, it's just not going to happen. No, and, and that that's the, that's where leadership comes in. Yeah. Uh, the argument has to be made uh, from the president's point of view, from Congress's point of view, uh, that look at uh, let's cooperate on this. This yeah. is a national benefit that deserves national financing, uh, but it is un- easily understandable as to why there are local biases. Bob, thank you very much for coming in. Sure. Greatly appreciate it. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.